0: this is shale karma rohal paddhatiya pawathwa ganna awashya behet warg c l umbe and higayak idirethi bala poruth wenna negala bowling wala mini manusyaata ara gahin wadunu minera gona and wage thamai rohalata apuma this is friday the 15th of april 2022 and it's episode 4 of the doghouse. Uh, i'm nadi maji this is yudhanjay vijay ratna And let's dive straight into it. Uh, We begin with our fact check of the Department of Government misinformation, as we said. Uh, Yudhanjay, I still find it hard to believe that in the midst of a deepening health crisis, chronic shortages of essential medicines for surgeries, like cancer drugs, uh, doctors reaching out to, uh, you know, the sri lankan diaspora as well saying hey we're running sh- critically short on these meds. the uh, director general of the department of government information sends a letter to all news directors news editors basically to the mass media saying uh,
1: he has confirmed with the health ministry that uh, there is no shortage and here's the problem with that right So when we started seeing word of a medical shortage we first saw it on social media of doctors putting out these captions on their Instagram saying hey we've run out of this stuff we are running out of this stuff the situation is getting bad and then we actually crowdsourced a list of requirements and around the
0: same time we also saw the apex sort of union for doctors which is the the government medical officers association
1: also calling on the health authorities to declare a health emergency. Exactly. So we have doctors from across the country who have reached out to us and said, in our ward, in the work that we're involved in, here's a giant list of things that we need. We also contacted the Ministry of Health, um, Dr. Hamdani, who is in charge of donations and in charge of that infrastructure. And again, here's a massive list of stuff that they need. Um, We even got letters written from the state ministry that is responsible for acquiring pharmaceuticals like drugs and other drugs, medicine, other substances. We got a letter from them to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs saying, here's a giant list of everything we need right now. We would absolutely love it if you could help us. Just reach out to your contacts. Basically the entire country is crying out and saying, We are in the midst of all this,
0: in the midst of putting together Elixir, which is the platform that we've built to sort of crowdsource this information and provide, uh, you know, structured uh, donation system, demand and supply management system, Uh, we'll get to that in detail. But in the midst of putting all of this together, the last thing we expected to have to be doing is fact-checking a government...
1: That he's saying oh there's no health crisis and it's it's exactly the same narrative that was used when we started running out of fuel right Oh there's no fuel crisis in Sri Lanka. Meanwhile, there are in lines of people staying up uh, past they're going there to the fuel queue at 9:30. by the time they get their fuel it's they' literally we've passed in what the, the queues at one o'clock in the morning and people are asleep and those are people who've gone there at 930 and they're waiting for the petrol shed to open again so that they can get fuel. That is, there's no fuel crisis. So the medicine crisis is very similar to this and it's the exact same playbook, it seems, just to deny and deny and deny know, we've been, until things we've go
0: like, I mean, Watchdog has been doing uh, fact checking since the 2019 Easter attacks, And this you just can't figure out what it is that you hope to gain by saying that there is no health crisis. I honestly don't understand I don't that. see any political gain that there is to be had from it, other than, like, misinformation spread for the purpose of spreading misinformation. It's and like this is why we really need to, like, the public really needs to hold to account the Director-General of the Department of Government Information, uh, Mr. Mohan Samranaka, who signed off
1: on this letter. It's, it's like, you know, the person who, in class, wants to seem like they're the poorer being called out on their bullshit and they just keep lying until, you know, reality is too large to ignore. Same thing that happened with the electricity crisis because what were we told, oh, no, 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 these cuts are temporary. You know, we will solve this soon. This is just temporary bullshit. So this is a pattern that we consistently see that we saw in 2019 as well when we started where the usual government playbook and i don't think this is an actual written government playbook i think this is just old men who cannot admit when they've fucked up but the problem is the price we pay for maintaining their the ego is our infrastructure is our medical system is our electricity our safety our welfare our quality of life and hmm. that is not acceptable <laughs>
0: so let's switch to elixir uh we've been uh hand combing uh, all of this afternoon and into the evening we've been combing through all of the data, all of the responses that we've received from uh, the Ministry of Health's own list Uh, as Yudanjay mentioned, Dr. Hamdani also provided a list of both urgent and non-urgent medications and equipment Uh, we've had doctors reach out uh, doctors, nurses also reach out from across the country, from hospitals public hospitals across the country uh, listing their chronic shortages. Uh, Yudhan explain to our listeners and those watching on IG Lab as well, what is it that we're hoping to accomplish with Elixir? With, uh, sure, and sure. When, when does it go on? Sure.
1: So, Alexa is a band-aid, first of all. And I'm very hesitant to say that it's a perfect solution, but here's the problem. And the problem is when you have a medical crisis like this, or any sort of crisis, we've seen this with the 2015 2016 calendar floods as well Well well-meaning people want to immediately get in on this and say okay what do you need we'll get it there now to some extent this works in flood support where your reliefs are sort of dry rations milk powder and even then i've personally seen massive piles of milk powder rotting biscuits that are brought there that are never delivered to the place that they're supposed to go to But with medicine, now there's an additional layer of complication, right? Because in meaningful quantities, you cannot get the medicines that the system, that hospitals actually require. And when I say in meaningful quantities, it's different from going to the pharmacy and buying 100 Panadol. When you try to buy like six million of them or 600,000, no pharmacist will give you that unless you have the proper clearance unless you have the proper medical accreditations and in many cases pharmacies here themselves don't have stock you can't, so you have to go and talk to the distributor now this is complex because there are donor organizations and there are organizations that genuinely want to solve this problem Mm. what they get is typically a bunch of lists someone's whatsapp did, someone's instagram did so they're not trying to figure out okay where to send this stuff to who needs this Who's our official point of contact? Because, you know, Easter Sunday, there were plenty of situations where people started fundraisers and ran off with the money. How do we do this ethically and properly and through the proper channels? So what we are trying to do is we've gone, okay, we will put every list of medicines in a single central searchable interface. And we have acquired the NMRA lists by, you know, scraping their website. So we are able to search for the medicine that doctors ask for?
0: Uh, We've we've been pretty much, uh, while combing through this, we are also having to Google uh, and like search through medicines. Yes, so that's the problem. uh, We're having a crash course in
1: pharmacy. Yes, like when someone's trying to donate, the list is in the form of, we want 300 of clotrimazole or 3000 of clotrimazole. In which case you now have to Google and you also have to figure out who the official supplier for this stuff is. So what Elixir does is it takes this list and goes, here's the closest match.
0: Matches it to the NMRA approved.
1: Yes, like Clotrimazole, here's the approved supplier, here's the quantity, he's a single central interface, here's a nice edit button. So if you're an organization that is out there on the field talking to doctors, you can actually add and edit new requests. You go to a hospital, you've delivered your first round of medicines. You can now edit the request and say, fine, they're sort of a paracetamol, but they need, uh, they need the intravenous solution, let's yeah. add that. So where we are having difficulty, where we are manually combing through the data, is of course that these NMRA lists don't have everything that the doctors require. In fact, today, I think you and I were yeah. going through all these lists, In a list of uh, 232 medicines, we ended up pulling out, I think about half, no not half, about 30% of that, plus more from your list. That was not in the NMRA list. Yes, that was just not there at all. So in many cases, you know, even if we Google and find out who supplies this, there's no guarantee that they are licensed to work here. And if there's anyone
0: from the NMRA that's watching or listening in. Uh, and if the actual list that's uh, publicly available is out
1: of date, we'd be very grateful if you could provide us with an updated list. Exactly. So what? How I think how the launch is going to work is, as soon as humanly possible, uh, we are going to finish scrubbing through this data manually. There are going, there's going to be this. Lovely, there is already this lovely interface that goes, here's the list, here's the person who originated it, which is important. Uh, here's the ministry that they're from, here's their contact, here's what they've requested. Name, quantity, and where possible, the appropriate supplier and the closest match in our database. And we are going to launch this, we're gonna push this out to a few organizations that we personally know and have vetted. Mm. And who, who 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 are we going to deal So first first points of contact will be of course the Ministry of Health itself. But whether they want to use it or not, it will also go to Savo there. They have a bunch of lo- they have a couple of logistics companies standing by. They've got 150 people that they're dedicating to this, so they have the manpower to actually run these donations out and to run the logistics out to people. So what we're going to do is we're going to say here's the list. You guys, you go use this. To the public, we say, cool. Here's what's required. Here's who you donate to. Here's the official government contact point. That you're supposed to send donations to and here are organizations that are also trying to do something good and we'll keep expanding that list of organizations meanwhile on the back end now these medicines that we you know we don't have a supply for or that we are
0: unable to identify
1: or that we are unable to identify this is where we may crowdsource it we may talk like we've been trying to get a good pharmacist to work with us and this is where we release it and say here's the list of things we don't know Uh, if you can figure out who the sri lankan suppliers for these are we can feed that back into our database and things that were unknown suddenly become known again
0: now that we've gone through in extensive detail what it is that Elixir can do. You know, I'm actually quite excited about the future of Elixir beyond the current crisis as well because I'm what, tired what and you I'm and uh, <laughs> a, a big a shout out to our CTO, uh, Nisal Peria Perume as well. Uh, this is kind of like his pet project, let's call it. Within a week, he built... Uh,
1: Basically, uh, it's almost it's an procure- open procurement. It's platform, procurement
0: system and an open procurement
1: system. And the thing is, like, I'm I'm just extremely tired, right? Just going yeah. through the data because, you know, going through hundreds of line items of drugs um, and pharmaceuticals and figuring out does this match, does this not? Um, but I'm I'll be ex- I'll be very excited for this because this solves a problem that we had in flood donations. This solves many first responder sort of problems that we get. Whenever there's a crisis, whenever people want to come together and coordinate any sort of donation mechanism, this solves that. And this also niftily is an actual procurement system. And in that sense, it goes a long way towards
0: sort of opening up uh, the process of healthcare procurement, which, you know, there are plenty of news reports out there has been rife with allegations and accusations well
1: i I would be very cautious again right now it's us building this sarvodha is going to use it we're going to reach out to ministry of health and say hey we looked at your pdfs and we think they're a nightmare why don't you use this instead so it's a it's a toss-up whether they'll actually use it or whether they'll say you know bugger off Uh, but if Used and I think, particularly in aid, in donors, in in first response, uh, first responder scenarios, I think this is we've just solved a massive piece of the problem that eliminates or helps eliminate waste, get stuff out to where people really need them to be. I'm excited, I'm also extremely tired, and yeah, you know, we have to get this. The better
0: sort of categorized and streamlined the data is, (laughs) and the more accurate the data is, the better the platform. Be.
1: I mean, so right now the, uh, we're dealing
0: with a problem of human input.
1: Yes, you saw the snake thing, right? Yeah. Um, was it oh,
0: yeah. Uh, actually, if there, if there is a doctor or pharmacist that's on here, if you'd like to clarify to us, we've seen a few requests for injections which have just been listed under the acronym ABS. We've looked high and low for ABS, but we can't find it. We're wondering if you mean ASV, which is Anti-Snake Venom, which now, is there in the my, NMD.
1: My, my theory is that these doctors want an Anti-Venom Snake. That would be very cool. <laughs> but these actual, these actual problems that we're running into this... But that would be very cool to have <laughs> an Anti-Venom Snake.
0: So let me just make this very clear to everyone. Watchdog is not accepting donations and then making those donations. What we're trying to do is it's help the people that are willing to donate, that are raising money. Even now, overseas, we've heard uh, we people have contacted us. and we've got people that are willing to donate, and when I, we're not accepting donations. What we're doing is helping you ensure that your donations are getting to where it's needed. I'm so we can't really project way, when this crisis. is... Yes, on the happen.
1: prediction front, I want to add that there are multiple complex elements here first there is the question of our debt we desperately do need dollars to buy this stuff because when we looked at the data when we looked at the suppliers the bulk of them are from india the next slice of the pie is from germany the actual percentage of medicines that are produced in sri lanka is is relatively low so this is now yet another aspect of the economic crisis so We can expect that some amount of problem will remain as long as we have this debt problem. Number one. Number two, going by the Minister of Health data, going by what we've seen, said to the Minister of Foreign Affairs, there doesn't seem to be a very robust sort of month-on-month prediction system within the Minister of Health, because we've got some lists that say, this is what we need for six months other lists that say this is what we need for three weeks others say this is what we need for three months and all of these things are very different parts of the puzzle and their predictions are a bit difficult to i would say align on time scale but going by this going by the data we've received the highest request we've had is you know dr hamdali's lists that essentially say these particular medications we need for six months yeah. here's our six month month so I think if we can, the sooner we solve this, the sooner, the sooner we get out of this. But essentially, when we come to a point where the hospitals are stopped again, it looks like we'll be okay for at least six months. Yeah, and that's not a very nice prediction. But we are sort of limping here, and we are trying to sort of walk to the next stage.
0: And in the meantime, try not to get bitten by any dogs, because uh, there's a sh- or by any. That's more to carry rabies Because going through <laughs> oh, the list it looks like There's oh, some God major God. shortages
1: of rabies vaccinations Pretty can much everything Including yeah. anti-venom snakes or anti-snake venom yeah. whichever, whichever.
0: whichever one it is <laughs> uh, Try not to get bitten by the wildlife uh, If you're adventurous Remember kids, bite, to keep your bite the wildlife before it bites you <laughs> I do not endorse that message Stay away from the wildlife let them be, and they'll let you be.
1: <coughs>
0: Yudachar, speaking of adventurous, uh let's talk about the protests. Uh, one of the things that we've been doing, we know that a lot of the focus is now on the protests that are happening at the golf is, uh at Gotago Village. Uh, but since sort of the 30th of March, pretty much, we've started tracking protests uh, across the country. And uh, that heat map, uh, which, Uh, Shout out to Ishaan Marika, uh, newest member of the Watchdog team. He's working Uh, at a fantastic visualizer, Who's done an incredible job in a very short time frame of using all of that uh, data to build
1: the heat map of protests. Uh, Tell us more about the heat map. So the heat map is going to be this companion to our explainer of the protests. and And what I wanted to look at was how these spread across the country. The interesting thing is now, a lot of the protests that we've been tracking, some of them uh, have been there for a lot longer than April 1st. It's just that our data on this starts from April 1st. But you get this beautiful picture when you look at the time dimension and you see protests sort of starting out in the western province and then flowering across all of uh, Sri Lanka. And that is sort of what we bought the map. So what Ishan is building is this lovely interactive uh, data component to the ultimate writer which will it'll be quite short and say here's here's the protest movement in the country and as we keep our tracker updated this will also keep picking up data and it'll keep updating so you'll have at any moment this nice interactive map of this movement as it flourishes across the country and i also want to say here shout out to everyone listening please send us photos videos of protests happening outside the western province because this isn't just uh, like Gota Gogama is getting a huge amount of press and publicity, sure it's in the heart of Colombo, mm. it's got a lot of dynamic there stuff many,
0: there. there. are many protests that are happening
1: outside that yes. are
0: getting for less visibility. Yes. Uh, and, we do and know that for example on the 13th of April there was a protest in Matara, uh, which wasn't really as exactly, this is as we say, it's crowdsourced intelligence. So if the crowd-sourcing element of it doesn't work, then uh, what you get is a heavily skewed data
1: map. Uh, so and I, mean, I, I want to say I, I understand. I understand why Kota Gogama gets a huge amount of publicity. Like we've been there for pretty much this week. We we've, we've been in and out. Um, we have run. You know, we've walked everywhere and stayed under the statue and literally explore the entire area with phones looking for signal drops after uh, you know people started asking us whether they're, they're being jammed. We've you know taken photos there's a, a there was an art piece happening there yesterday mm. this sort of living art piece of a lady in this cage of white string. Uh, there's a library there. There are tents there, you know it's happening, yes, but still this is a national moment. Mm -hmm. and that's what the data shows us so it's not just Colombo and we want to make sure that we cover as much as humanly possible again there are limits to what we can do as well but we are trying to get a comprehensive map of Sri Lanka rising at this moment and
0: uh, uh, just, just to let you know I think as of this morning that's Friday the 15th as of the morning of Friday the 15th we've tagged a total of 240 protests 240 Yeah. 240 uh, from all around the island
1: 233 show up on the visualization right now but by the time it goes live the rest will be there as well okay Uh, uh, yeah definitely go
0: check out that visualization we'll be sharing it on our social media and uh, there'll be a backlink to it from our website as well yep all right so on that note uh of course a quick reminder to our listeners and, and those watching in on IG Lab as well. Before the, the, the movement, the sort of protest movement kicked off, there were a bunch of projects that Watchdog has been working on that we haven't forgotten about those. Uh, I know we addressed them in the previous podcast as well. One of the big things that we're working on that's coming up, which is a continuation on our series on food. Uh, we've yeah. been looking at the impact. Uh, we just got back from a week-long tour of the agricultural of the primary agricultural areas in this country we visited uh, Moongbeen and paddy farmers and uh, cowpea farmers in Hambant Hotel, vegetable farmers in the Urile district. We've been to the Ampara district as well to meet with paddy farmers. Uh, we paid a visit to the Dambula Economic Center to look at how the food supply chain is working out. Uh, then again in Polonnaruwa and Radhapura right up to Jaffna uh, to look at The impact that certain policy decisions that have been made uh, will uh, have in the very near future. So, our hope is to have those pieces up before we start feeling the impact of reduced harvests of the mass season.
1: Yeah, so here's what the watchdog pipeline looks like right now, right? There are things that we care about, and there are things that we don't give a shit about. Things that we care about are infrastructure that is matters of concrete and steel, but also matters of legal, social, and agricultural. Like when we say infrastructure, we mean the underlying systems that significantly change the quality of life for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in the country. So those are things that, right from the start, we've been plugging away at these projects. So we have food. Now food is, we've got the data, Nadeem and Amalini have gone out, done wonderful interviews. We're essentially sitting on that for now because right now need of the hour is what's happening on the protests, what's happening on the misinformation front there and helping out the medical infrastructure. So we'll take a little bit of a break after that because everyone in the team has been running pretty much 24/7, and I think we're all kind of exhausted. So a couple of days break, then we come back and depending on the situation, we start unleashing pieces of, that are in the pipeline, are uh, pieces of the economic situation. So mm. that's that's one of the things that we've been covering. So economy, medical infrastructure, protests big three things right now. Once we come back, we start looking at food. We start looking at Oktamavadi, which mm. is a mass grave that we, as in, I would say, Firuz is the one who brought this story to the table he did such a fantastic job of reporting it so we've you know been hacking away at that story for a long long time now we've RTI government departments we've got the data we've got satellite imagery we've got the interviews we've got the names of the dead of this yeah. mass grave that was just created uh, and almost forgotten by the government yeah. completely unsupported so these things will restart after the wave of protests. But you know, if there's some sort of resolution, well, I mean,
0: I don't think we can say after the wave of protests subsides because uh, yeah. we don't yeah, really know
1: where it's going to subside. I think but once uh, our sort of
0: once we've cleared yes. uh, a lot of the stuff that after we're our, working I mean, on right now.
1: Yes, after our protest coverage is done, after our economic coverage is done, after our, after this medical health work, this software is out and released. Yudhanjay,
0: thank you very much uh, for running us through Elixir, the protest heat map, and for answering the questions from uh, the audience as well. A big thank you and a shout out to Nabila,
1: who's uh, handling the camera. Who's doing all the work behind the scenes right now. We're just talking into a mic. Thank you very much. We'll catch you on the next episode of The (coughs) Rockers.